Lady Ada, what is this? Hi, everybody. It's time for Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here on Show and Tell here in StreamYard. Yeah. Uh, we're doing some more broadcasting experimentation. So you can see a new background. Um, but... Yeah, we're experimenting with optimizing our uh, broadcast capability so we can do more shows and also uh, take care of a youngling all at the same time. Okay. Same well. Time, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, still show and tell as usual. Come on by. Uh, got some folks from the Adafruit uh, community showing off projects yeah. that they're working on. Hey, it's a new year. Uh, break time's over. Yeah, so I, I'm going to show. I have a project. project. I got. I'm going to. I'm starting first. Is Happy New Year. Starting off. Okay, so um, my project that I'm working on is. Um, let me add this. Uh, well, let me first start off for the folks who didn't know. Uh, here is our Lady Ada at the Adafruit factory, and there is a baby. So, of course, the first thing that I needed to do was get a um, old-timey, um, gothy, gothy uh, <laughs> baby pram carriage. Pram. So um, the idea. So this this looks okay, but um, it it needs some work. So the idea is to not only make it look gothy and Adam's family, Tim Burtony. But also add some cool electronics and stuff like that. It's also very big, um, like you could fit in it. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, there's a little thing that you can extend the legs yeah. out. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a machine. It's a twin size bed. Yeah, it's it's old. It's it's not not quite hundred years old, but it's not it's pretty close. Um, so the idea is, uh, I'll I'll post some photos as I'm restoring this and doing some things. Um, and it's too big for our apartment. Um, because we have a tiny apartment, but it can be at the Adafruit factory. So it'll be at the Adafruit factory, bring it to the Adafruit factory, and then maybe we'll uh, be able to, to go around New York with it and more. But um, it's, it's kind of cool. It's heavy. It looks like a giant coffin on wheels. Um, that's what you can expect um, from me, because that's uh, that's how I roll, uh, literally. OK, that's my project. All right, so next I'll, up. I'll, I'll come back with progress photos. Yes. OK, so first up, we're starting with Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Uh, I have been working with nudes. It's like a little LED noodley thing. Um, you just hook each end up to a coin cell battery and the thing lights up. So I just published a tutorial on how to put these things in your costumes. They're really cool for little standalone things. So I have like a, just a mask here. And all I did was solder it to a little uh, 3D, or rather to a, three, a coin cell battery holder. Whoops. And it's got a switch on it. Turn it on and I just lined the, uh, the eyes and I've got a super cool costume piece. It's really easy to do. Um, I did the same thing with this hat. Um, this one, actually, this uh, coin cell holder has, uh, I don't know if you can see it or not. Uh, also from the shop, it's got different modes so we can make it blinky. Um, so really easy to use one of these things. But then I wanted to, to use a microcontroller because I like microcontrollers. So I made this zoot suit also, and I'm gonna see if I can make it a little darker. Um, and just kind of put some subtlety in here. I put a couple of them behind the lapels and one inside the pocket square. And I hooked this up to a cutie pie. So um, I can actually control these with software now. I can make them blink. I can make them uh, come on in different configurations or dim, you know, so there's a lot you can kind of do with it, which is, is pretty cool. Um, these are real comparable to EL wire, but there's no big um, inverter to deal with and they don't make noise. And so they're, they're pretty cool. They're really easy to, to add to costumes. So I've been having fun playing with them. 
I love the subtlety like you're just it's not it's not visible like EL wire it's just kind of a backlight or a diffuse effect yeah um, it is it is easy to make them subtle. I think it'd also be real easy. They're super flexible. So it'd be real easy to weave them in and around and make interesting shapes and that sort of thing. Um, so I don't know what else could be done. There's all kinds of stuff. It's like possibilities are limitless. And I know a lot of cosplayers, they'll do a uh, character that has just like one bioluminescent power or something. You know, I've seen people put like, you know, one stripe of LEDs up their arm or something like that. And these would be just perfect for characters like that. Yeah, you also don't have to figure out a way to make the EL wire <laughs> not sound like it's screaming. Or get electrocuted by the EL wire, which like it, I, I, made, I made fun EL wire extensions, and it was like super awesome until um, it, I, it would touch my neck, and I was like, ow! It's... Yeah, you don't want to wear those on your face. Like, you know, this is much yeah. nicer. And it glows for hours and hours and hours. So, like, it, it has, I haven't, you know, I put this coin cell in. I've been wearing this. I wore it out several times for photo shoots and stuff like that, and it's still going real strong. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. For a yeah. cool product. Much, Aaron. We'll be showing your video tonight on Ask an Engineer. All right. Liz, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Happy New uh, Year. Thanks again for doing some of the shows while we were out. And also, um, precog future thanks in advance for taking on a uh, co hosting uh, show and tell coming up soon, too. Of course. Yeah. No problem. Super fun to do. Uh, so I've got, um, this is a personal project I've been working on kind of the last uh, month or two, which is a big uh, kind of interface for my modular synth. Uh, and it's using a Pico and CircuitPython to basically generate these melodies. But as you can see, it's getting a little out of hand. So I had some PCBs um, made. So this is, let me autofocus um, or manually focus. Um, so this is a gate in PCB. So it's a gate in circuit that changes the five volt logic down to three. Uh, and so I'll use a couple of these to be able to send uh, gate in signals to um, the, the project. And then this is a breakout for the, uh, the DAC stem board, uh, which has four outputs um, and uh, just kind of simple, but it'll alleviate some of this breakout uh, on this breadboard stuff. I made an kind of identical breakout for an ADC as well. Uh, and one thing I want to point out is I used the penguin stuff that uh, Phil B worked on. Uh, and to do that, I was able to bring in um, this kind of like old school looking font. And I was also able to bring in emojis as a separate that was something I was going to do when you yeah. gave me to it, and that's awesome. Well, it's cool because there's so much art available, and that was so hard exactly. to do before. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, I really like how the font came out. Um, I like that retro font. And then, so basically, like, I did one font um, for the vector, and then I just put these on a different um, font type and was able to run the script that way, and it brought it in, no problem. I love that emojis that came out. I mean, I, it was one of the things I w wanted to do because I, I wanted to, like, again, and you do a board that had something that was an emoji and I just like, like I never got to it. So I'm just like that you, cause I didn't know that it would work or not. I was assuming it would, but yeah. like, you know. Yeah, everyone's PCB art looks better now when you use these tools, like the fonts look better. Yeah, super they, sharp. The, there's so much free artwork that's fantastic because everyone wanted to have like unified UIs and here's like what music looks like and all the, you know, phone art that people have posted. Yeah. Uh, vectors and stuff like that. So you, like that looks, that is a beautiful PCB and yeah. it probably didn't take too long. You didn't have to redesign all the artwork. 
Exactly. Yeah. It was super simple. And Philby's guide is great um, for using Penguin. I was able to do it with, uh, I'm on Windows. So I, I use the uh, Linux subsystem to, to run it um, cool. on Ubuntu and uh, it worked great. And so yeah. got these PCBs that will clean up the spaghetti and yeah, I'll go from That's there. The other thing. All these tools kind of work like Microsoft embraced Linux, you know, a while ago. And like, you can yeah. actually do all this stuff. It doesn't matter what operating system. Exactly. You have, like, all kind of, we can get it to all work now. It's not just like, well, not for me. So, okay. All right. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Liz. No problem. Have a good night. All right. More emojis. Jeffler is going to show something really awesome. Jeff got the Jeff of the Day Award at Adafruit, by the way. Oh, Jeff, you're muted. You're muted. We're going to take away. But the awesomeness is, 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 <laughs> is seeping through regardless. Oh, I thought I even checked that. So, here's the end result, which is CircuitPython is displaying to my standard HDMI okay. monitor. Yes. Uh, but the how we get there is a little bit weird right now. And so if you go back to the overhead, I can talk about that for a second. So this Pico here is running CircuitPython with Display.io. And it's just connected with five wires. By the way, all the time now, I am making these uh, little headers to plug yeah. in the wires <laughs> in the order I need. That's that's the greatest thing. Oh, so going with, with the so-called four-wire uh, display protocol over to here, and this is a very cool board from Pimeroni called the Pico DV, and it's got a DVI connector. And some crazy smart guy uh, person figured out um, how to create a valid, I think it's technically an HDMI signal from an overclocked Raspberry Pi Pico. So I added to that the smarts to understand CircuitPython's display IO SPI thing. So CircuitPython, sends display commands to this guy, and then this guy is controlling the monitor. So anything you would do with CircuitPython for display I.O., you can put this with it and uh, show it on a monitor. So we're kind of in the process of polishing this up, and Phil B is going to turn it from something that runs to something that we can like actually let people compile or maybe have a UF2 artifact that they can download. And I don't know. This is really cool. Is cool. What, what did I miss talking about? No, um, this is kind of the dream. I think last week when we were on Ask an Engineer, I was talking about my like CircuitPython 2023, like being able to start with really basic programming and then work your way up to building like a full computer. Um, this yep. is just like yet another piece of of things, like being able to yeah, display so things. Is text like mode works and you know anything. Anything works now. Yeah. Do you want to uh, hold that up again? Yeah, let's oh, yeah. do the ripple. And yeah. then, yeah, like you, if you, you can type and it will. It's, That's a computer. It's a computer, but it's on a DVI screen and it, it's mm -hmm. instant uh, 640 by 480. Uh, and you guys do the pixel doubling to, to make it. Right. So the, the in, internally, it's using a resolution. Uh, this is 400 by 240, uh, which is then scaled up to the standard resolution of 800 by 480 at 60 hertz. Yeah, I think and that's, that's about right. how much RAM we have. I think that was like that's about how much RAM we have. That's it. You have to buffer the whole thing at two bytes per pixel. Needs more RAM. That's now. correct. Yeah, um, they have other demos that that uh, go up to higher resolutions, but then they'll go down to like eight colors or two colors, like black and white mode. That's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, this library is really neat. Uh, you should check it out if you're at all interested in this. And the oh, Pico DV board just worked really smooth. What can you do with black and white mode? What's the biggest resolution with that? Um. I will drop info about that in the Discord chat in just a yeah. minute because I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, yeah. It's quite, uh, it's quite that, would be, that would be cool. But it's only monochrome. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. 
Look at look at our no, graphics. We can, we can do those cool uh, Atkinson dithered images yes. right there. From oh yeah, you can do the Mac stuff. Yeah, I have a. I have, I what have is a Mac resolution? It's like seven sixty eight by four hundred and twelve. It was a it was a weird one. It's it a was a little different. Ocean, whatever. We were whatever so CRT happy. Yeah. So right. I mean, seven for Circuit Python. We're we're almost yeah. there. In theory, you could do this with the camera. In theory, you could do this with the camera. Oh, you could take the camera. Wait, but mm. you don't need the PIO for the camera? I'll get back to you on that. Okay, go right. figure that out. This, we, that's going to be I, maybe a thing. It should, I think it should work. I think it should work. Oh, I'm curious. All right. right. Someone so should find out. Okay, someone should find out. Jebler. Uh, so you get the Jeff of the Week award uh, next week as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, sweet. And All right. on that topic, Phil B. Hey, Phil B. Phil B. Original Mac Revolution. That tool. What? Original Mac resolution was 512 by 384. Thank right. you. The numbers are just etched. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're, they're permanently burnt in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I have also been messing around with the, the Pico, DV, uh, Pico DV board yeah. from Imeroni and that library, Pico DVI. Um, like Jeff says, just amazing bit of code that somebody uh, came up with for that. Um, the gotcha with it is that you have to use the Pico SDK to use it, which is, a, you know, command line stuff. And, you know, if if you've programmed for a bit, that's that's no big thing, but it's not super beginner friendly. It's not like Arduino friendly. So I've been working on adapting that to work in the Arduino IDE just as a library you can yeah. include. And then you have access to the, the GFX library. Oh, wow. um, just you know all the stuff we do with drawing shapes and yeah. fonts. Graphic. I think you put it on a. It's yeah. funny. It's like like you shrank down to the size of one of our TFTs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is just a portal. These are neat. These portable HDMI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, being able to use uh, the GFX library and then program it in Arduino should, I think, make the whole idea uh, a lot more beginner friendly, and you'll be able to you know do microcontroller stuff. To your television, if you want to, yeah, uh, it'll be really fun. I think we're rotated right now. There we go. You know, one of the other things is everyone has these giant flat screen TVs in their homes, and they're just off a lot of the times. Or if they're on, they're just like, you know, selling your information or streaming or just doing something awful. Um, you could turn into a piece of art that's not net connected. You could have it with something you create. Yeah, yeah. There, there's you know a picture frames and stuff. There's lots of DIY things you can do, but it always involves you know like start with a Raspberry Pi. You know, yeah. It's like cool. You can make this little little microcontroller. You know, project. Yeah. You can just drop some Python code on something and you're done. It shows up as your V drive. Yeah, funny is the the frame rate you get because you had that the version with the X Y Z. It's incredibly fast because you're yeah. not blitting the data over SPI. It's in going directly into frame buffer memory, and then another core is pushing into HDMI at 60 hertz. That's yeah, cool. so yeah. The, the the frame rate is just even faster than the you know the parallel displays we have because it's just you're just writing straight to the frame buffer. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's super cool. buttery. 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 We like that phrase. All right. Buttery. Nice work, and also um, it's cool to see your handiwork on Liz's uh, PCBs that you sent off. That was neat. So Isn't pretty. it cool? Super sharp. All right. Okay. Well, thanks so much. All right. Great. All right. Live from the Space Coast. Anne, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, yes. Unfortunately, uh, I get to watch lots of rocket launches. It's way yeah, cool. Yeah. But um, lately, 
I got some pop-ups from eBay that said that a number of people were selling IBM PCAT class computers. I've got on the shelf just out of range. I've got a PC and two XTs um, that I was showing a while back. So I was eager to get my hands on an AT, which has a 286 processor and uh, came obviously after the XT. Um, and these were crazy expensive, you know, like $6,000 machines back uh, in the 80s and not something everybody could afford. But um, on eBay, they're going for about $300, but you don't know what you're getting. So I get the machine and um, the hard disk is not working. Um, there's, you know, you there's cards and stuff, hardware in the machine, and you don't really know what's what until you actually open it up. So um, this machine actually had one neat card. This is a uh, token ring uh, adapter. Oh, it's a type of network adapter. It oh. has all kinds of crazy, uh, neat electronics on it, but it's not really useful anymore if it... Uh, no one's really going to use token ring yeah. for networking. Um, I actually bought a, uh, an ethernet card to see if I can kind of get that working, but that's going to be tough. Um, and I bought an EGA card. That's kind of standard for what I do. I don't go like purist, you know, 1986 or whatever, because um, it's kind of like, you know, old cars, you know, you can put big engines in them and, and do all kinds of fancy things. So I like to rev things up. Um, so it has an, a VGA card um, running at 8 megahertz, 286. I got some extra memory. So it has some standard PC memory they call conventional memory and some extra memory that 286 could use called extended memory. So it's got... 1.4 meg in it, which for a machine at the time was quite a lot. You can go up to several meg, I think. But again, DOS will only use like 640 um, unless you do some special tricks. Well, um, one thing you can do on this machine is run Microsoft Windows, actually, but you can't run a really good version that might do something. Windows <laughs> 3.1 was a decent version, but to me, you really didn't get going until Windows for Workgroups, which is Windows 3.11, which only runs on 386 machines. So this is kind of the last version of Windows that would actually run on these lower machines. I was very upset at Microsoft for you know, starting to exclude the older machines because I had an older machine and I was trying to squeak every last bit out of it. So anyways, um, that's the fun I've been having. I've got a uh, Model M clicky keyboard here. So uh, that's kind of fun. Um, souped it up with a three and a half inch uh, floppy drive. So um, like Lady Ada was doing a while back, I can play with all the floppies. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, neat to be able to go back and make uh, machines come alive and uh, do fun things with them. Yeah. 
these machines won't hurt your feelings. What I like is that you you, you have like the, the NASA meatball logo and you're actually living in the NASA meatball logo timeline yeah. uh, where we never moved uh, to the worm logo or whatever was the logo afterwards. That's true. I, I think I have a little worm logo sticker somewhere over here. And um, no, yeah. Um, living, living your we, best life in the 80s. Well, I am... My last year of college, I did work for a jet propulsion laboratory, like a student internship. I, I could have stayed, but um, I don't think the Southern California lifestyle was really what I was looking for. You can time travel now and just have all the things that you want from that time period and all the things you don't want, you can leave behind. Okay. All well, right. I think this time period is great and I'm loving it. Yay. Right. Well, thanks so much, Anne. All right, Anne living her best life and best IBM PC life as well. All right, we're going to go Next to up. JP and then Seth. So JP, take it away. Hey. Hello, JP. Hey, sorry, my camera hey. decided to turn <laughs> off. Speaking of the Southern California uh, lifestyle, uh, here we are. And this is my project that I just finished up and wrote the guide on. And it is in contrast to Liz's project, I stuck with the breadboard. I at one point was thinking about putting this on Permaproto uh, but I decided to rebuild it again on breadboard, but just do a much neater wiring job. So I, great. I've just routed it as neat as I could um, without it taking forever. But but eyeballing it, I got my lengths pretty good for the wire so that I could keep it all on breadboard. What this does is uh, maybe going to crash my computer like it did earlier today, but maybe not, <laughs> uh, or my call earlier. Uh, so I've got a copy of GarageBand running, which is free on a Mac, and there's some similar... Uh, DAW type synthesizer software you can get on other OSs um, that can play back a general MIDI drum kit. So MIDI, usually when you send different note messages, you'll be sending different pitches, expecting a piano-like thing to happen. But in general, general MIDI, if you send things over channel 10, then it says, okay, note like 32 is a kick drum and 33 is a snare and 34 is a hi-hat. So it was this really weirdly specific thing in MIDI it's how like your sound blaster sound card worked and a lot of other things work. They just said, okay, if it's coming on channel 10, then don't treat it like pitches, treat it like different samples will get played or different things get played. Uh, so this will just, this is just a um, uh, default patch that I created for this. That's going to play drums and it's going to play over, uh, I've got 11 different drum voices or tracks on it. So as I change uh, patterns here, you'll see the, the kick pattern is this, this is the, snare pattern. This is my low tom, medium tom, high tom. So you can go through and pick what you're going to play. I'll, I'll play it now. You should be able to hear it. Lots of cowbell. So if I want lots and lots of cowbell, now I can hit this. If I want to um, speed it up, I'll just hold the button down for a second. It switches the use of this menu between picking tracks and picking the, uh, the tempo. So you can go through and um, choose what you're going to play in your different drum patterns. Uh, I set it up kind of the simple way, which is we just have one pattern. Uh, I'm not storing different patches or different patterns in there. You could do that. And in the guide that I wrote, I, I showed a little thing that when I hit stop just now, it actually prints to your serial the current pattern in the same format that I use in the code. So you could come up with a different pattern, hit stop, and then copy paste that as sort of a interim method, but if you wanted to extend the code to, to do something like 
a double click on here gives you a pattern select or ways to save in your code. Uh, I leave that as an exercise to the uh, to the viewer. But uh, I'm excited about this. It's uh, it's working pretty well, and uh, it's nice. all one of our big old breadboards. That's some nice wiring too. I I will I appreciate the uh, fine wiring quality. Thank you. Thank you. I've almost crowded all these under the uh, sort of staples for ground and power. No, it's a mistake. I did that. Pop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. It looks great, though. Thank uh, you. We'll be playing your music video as part of the intro of Ask an Engineer and some of your other videos from your shows during the week. And thank you in advance, JP, for taking over next week's show and tell. You'll be the host. And then we're going to figure out what we're doing. We have um, some Raspberry Pi visitors. Um, if we could do a live show with them, we will. If not, we'll do cool. a pre record. And we shall work things out. But thank you, JP, for my pleasure. Torch. Happy to. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you All tomorrow. right. Seth, play us out. How you doing? Hey, Seth. Hi. All right. So I have been working diligently over like the last year or so uh, on and off trying to make my own watch. Um, I had shown off the PCB before, but I finally got it into a little case, right? Oh, that's nice. Uh, and so I've I didn't want to reinvent watch bands, so um, I figured out a way to make the channels that fit the yeah. Apple. The we Apple did a watch, watch project where we're like, we're not going to reinvent watch enclosures and bands. So yeah, so I just uh, I made a little enclosure for it, and right now it's just running an RP twenty forty, and uh, it runs a little TFT display. So it, I think it gets like eleven or twelve hours of battery life if you just intermittently check the time. Um, but I've I've had a lot of ideas and for how to make it better, and uh, hopefully I'm going to get a uh, a nice guide put together for it because I know uh, the Learn Guide has where we can do user Learn Guides now. So uh, hopefully I can get something uh, good together and and maybe get a few of the PCBs made with the uh, the newer version or even maybe even the RP twenty forty version to uh, uh, you know help everybody else uh, enjoy. It, it, it's just subtle things like just simple timekeeping is yeah. uh hard to get a watch that just tells time yeah and uh the, the next version i'm hoping to do some some bluetooth because the uh the nrf chips are are back in stock everywhere and and whatnot and uh yeah and i also have this other little thing here so a while back when the rp2040 first came out i made a uh, little e-ink display nice. for it but um obviously have some bugs to work out on there uh but i uh, i swapped the pins on it but uh i was able to run the little uh test the size test on it and uh thankfully you guys had all the driver library necessary to make this work and i didn't have to go to go hunting for sweet all right all right good stuff um keep, keep us posted on the watch project we'll put up on the blog when you're ready to share the files or like whatever um you know if you if you put some stuff up there maybe some folks leave and write some apps for you for your Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I love that. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks so everybody. much, Sarah. Thanks. Perfect timing. All right. That was our show and tell. Thank you so much, everybody. This is our favorite half an hour of the week. Every single week is going to be back. Um, JP will be in this, doing the show next week, then Liz, mm -hmm. and then we're doing our rotation with some of the different team members and more. We have some surprises. We have lots of videos. we got a lot of stuff going on. Good Thank cramps. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, being part of this adventure. Ask an Engineer starts in two minutes.